great day to be a fan of 80s wrestling. Welcome back to 80s Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jumping Jay, and as always, I'm joined by Tommy, right down the middle, Darrow. Tommy, welcome back to show, my man. Right down the middle, brother. Always right down the middle. 50-50, even, Steven. No favoritism. I don't care if you're jumping Jay, Tito Santana, or Mario Mancini. Right down the middle, bro. I love it. Now, before we get into today's episode, you are coming up a tremendous, busy weekend in the world of 80s wrestling. You had a huge sign over the weekend at the Wrestling Collector Superstore. How did it go for you, Tommy? Oh, it was really good, man. Thank you for asking. We had a appearance on uh, Sunday at the store last week, and we had former WWE women wrestlers, Keneal Dashwood, who was Emma in WWF and then uh, in WWE, and then Summer Rae. They were both super, super cool. Um, if you don't follow our store page on Instagram, uh, do so. It's the Wrestling Collector Store. I posted some cool pictures of the girls from the store last week, including a really good one of them outside. Uh, again, it's the Wrestling Collector Store. We're located in Stockholm, New Jersey on Route 23. And uh, we have a lot of appearances coming up there, actually, Jay. We have another one this Sunday, August the 1st, with WWE Hall of Famer, the Godfather slash Papa Shango will be there uh, this Sunday at the Wrestling Collector from 1 to 4 p.m. So if you live anywhere in the New Jersey area, definitely come on out, meet the Godfather slash Papa Shango, and uh, you get to uh, maybe scream Bolshevik's rule to me because I will be here at the store this Sunday. I had a customer do that a couple weeks ago in favor of Jumping Jay. So you never know what's going to happen, who's going to show up at the uh, the Wrestling Collector. That's right, because it's not just a store. It is a wrestling destination. And then if that wasn't enough, Monday, Monday Night Virtual was back, and you had the man of a thousand holes, the legend, Dean Malenko, live via your Facebook live page. How did Monday Night go? Uh, he, he was great, man. He He has a very, very, very dry... Uh, sense of humor, and it was actually pretty funny. He was a really nice guy. Obviously, he's doing big things right now in AEW. He's the the senior producer uh, for that company, and it was nice to have him there. First time I ever met him, uh, he was super professional, uh, very, very easy to work with, and the, the signing went very good. And speaking of which, we have the Godfather slash Papa Shango doing the next live Monday night virtual this Monday night on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com backslash 80s wrestling picks. You can go to our website now. It's 80s wrestling con.com. Select a photo that you'd like of him. You can pick one of the Godfather and one is Papa Shango. And then you can tune in this Monday night live. Watch him sign it for you, give you a shout-out, and then we'll ship it out to you following the signing. So two great opportunities to get an autographed picture of The Godfather or Papa Shango this weekend. If you're in the New Jersey area, you can stop over to the Wrestling Collector 
And if not, if you're around the world, you can tune in live and, and watch our next Monday Night Virtual. That is right. Now, Dean Malenko is one of these guys who had a very intense demeanor when he was in the ring. And so it was kind of cool get to know him when you saw that dry sense of humor and you saw how nice of a guy he was behind the scenes. Just out of curiosity, how many guys that come in and do these are different than you expect them to be? You know, nine times out of 10, uh, 9.99 times out of 10, actually, the guys are super cool, grateful to be there, happy to be there. They enjoy their time doing it. Uh, I think it's cool for them to be able to connect with fans all around the world. It's not just in the United States. People from the United Kingdom are ordering people from Australia, are ordering Canada. So uh, there's all different people from all different parts of the world. So I think that, you know, it's cool. You know, I mean, you know, 10 years ago or gosh, two years ago, this wasn't happening where you can, you know, meet someone virtually over the computer and, and, you know, get them to uh, sign an autograph and, and give you a shout out. And the technology in 2021 is obviously different than it was five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But uh, I, I always say goofing around, yeah, I wish I would have thought of this. I did long before the pandemic ever happened because it was, uh, uh, it was and is a, a great way for fans to uh, don't, that don't have the opportunity to meet the wrestlers that they don't come to their part of the uh, United States or country often they can do so through the, the Monday night virtual signings that we do. So it's, 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 it's a lot of work. It, it's a lot, a lot of work, man, especially when uh, fans are sending in their, action figures and their magazines and, you know, merchandise to get signed. And, you know, you got to do that on top of getting all the, you know, pictures ready that all the different customers are ordering. And then you, you times that times three, because most time there's, you know, three, sometimes two, sometimes three signings a month. And then factor in happen to get those all shipped out before the next one. It's, 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 it's a lot. But the the same token, it's very rewarding because uh, it's cool that fans can have the uh, chance to, you know, meet their wrestler, you know, over the computer and, and, and have the wrestler give them a shout out and, you know, the, the fan hears it and, and they remember that. And it's, it's it's something that, you know, they can save, you know, and, and, and keep forever, you know. So uh, it, it's rewarding, man. So if you haven't been able to take part, or you didn't know what a virtual signing was. Uh, like I said, we do them all the time, man. We have the Godfather this Monday. We have Mark Mero coming up on August 16th. We have a big uh, Virtual Mania 2 Attitude uh, signing coming up all day on Sunday, August 22nd, with Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, uh, the Headbangers, and Billy Gunn. So there's a lot of chances to meet. Uh, and get autographed pictures virtually of your favorite wrestlers and, and watch them sign it and give you a shout-out. So if you, if you haven't had a chance to try it out yet or was tempted to, I, I definitely would suggest doing it. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the memorabilia that people sent in because I know as somebody who watches these on Facebook Live, seeing the memorabilia that comes in just from a fan's perspective it's fun just to watch for that because you see some very unique one-of-a-kind items come in 
And I know the host, comedian Ryan Marr, loves that part as well. Uh, you always have championship belts, action figures, but every once in a while you get some candid photos that fans took years ago and they send them in to get signed. You get artwork. Tommy, have you had a favorite piece of memorabilia come in that when you saw it, you were like, this is cool. There's a lot, there's a lot of cool stuff, man. Uh, there's, there's this one gentleman that sends in uh, paintings that he does of the guys that I have and they're just, they're just spot on. They're tremendous work. And, uh, you know, some people send in, you know, art, some people definitely send in artwork. I think the coolest thing I, I, I got so far was a actual seat, a chair seat from the Pontiac Silverdome for when obviously WrestleMania three was there. So anytime I have a virtual signing with someone that was in WrestleMania three, he sends the chair to me to get signed. So I, I, I thought that was a really cool idea. And you can, you can find some of them, I believe, on eBay still. There's, there's some still out there. So if, if you like that idea yourself, uh, definitely get it because, you know, I'll, I'll be, I do stuff with any of these guys all the time outside of the virtual signings as well. With, and also I wanted to bring up as well, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of, you know, in-store signings and having the legends and, and, and different names at our live ISPW events the independent superstars of pro wrestling. I'm starting back my independent promotion in New Jersey. So any guys that I ever have live in the store or on those shows, I'm going to make available autograph pictures for you guys and for the followers of 80s Wrestling Con uh, to be able to uh, get. So, for example, I have Greg the Hammer Valentine coming up in the store on August 7th, and I have the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase doing a – 80s wrestling night at the New Jersey State Fair at the Sussex County Fairgrounds on August 14th. And I have Sergeant Slaughter, Dangerous Danny Davis, Heidi Lee Morgan, and others appearing live at the ISPW show in Butler, New Jersey on September the 5th. So anyone that doesn't live in this New Jersey area that would like to get autographed pictures, I'm going to make them available later today on our uh, website, 80swrestlingcon.com. So uh, not only... Uh, can you uh, you get stuff from us virtually when we do the signings, but live events as well. We're going to start making available today. That's awesome that you offer that for fans who don't live in the New Jersey area. If you live in the area, you got to get there live and meet these guys and visit the store and go to the shows. But if, if you live out of the area, visiting 80swrestlingcon.com is a great way to get access to some personalized autograph photos from some absolute legends. I keep telling Tommy, I don't know how he gets these guys to come, but he gets them, and they're amazing. So thank you for the work you do there, Tommy. Thank you, man. Listen, at the start of the show, I called you right down the middle. Mr. 50-50 calls it as he sees it, because that's a lead-in to today's hot topic. We're talking from bow ties to stripes. We're talking pro wrestling referees, Tommy. I brought this subject up last week, and it hit a hot button with you. Uh, you, you got a little <laughs> riled up. You got a little excited talking about the referees. So we decided to make it a whole show. Tommy, are you ready to dive in to the wacky world of professional wrestling when it comes to the job of the referee? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and a referee was a major, major part of wrestling in the eighties. Uh, not that they're not today. Obviously they still are. I, I think back then, um, and I, and I mentioned this on last week's episode, 
they were treated with much, much, much more respect than they are in today's uh, era of professional wrestling. You wouldn't even think twice of laying a hand, a finger, a, a, a nail on a wrestler because that calls for an automatic disqualification. And back then, they stuck to that. So I think that when a referee has that respect, and, ha- and it doesn't have to be the referee, but obviously, you know, some referees are more respected than others or, you know, accomplish more bigger names than others. But back then, man, the, when you were in the, that blue shirt and the bow tie or when you switch to the, the, the red, I mean the red, uh, the I would say red and red and black like the wolf pack. I don't know what the hell made me say red. Uh, <laughs> black and white like the stripes. You know whatever it was that they were wearing, you respected them back then, and and you knew that they, they were the authority. So there was no, you know, when a referee counted the four, man, you 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 broke that before five. So I, I think that gave the match itself uh, more credibility back then, and it gave that position of a referee more credibility because the wrestlers who were obviously much, much larger than the referee, you know, respected that smaller authority figure. So I think that's where, that's the biggest thing now of a referee today than, than yesteryear was back then, you know, you knew you, you couldn't mess with them, you know? You know, pro wrestling is an interesting, it's sports entertainment. And so if you think of any competitive sports and you think of an official a referee, their job is there to enforce the rules, and their position is to be respected by athletes, coaches, fans, the league in general. When you enter the world of professional wrestling, that's where it gets kind of uh, blurred. Um, Back in the glory days of wrestling and before that, it was presented as a legitimate sport. And so it had rules that needed to be followed, and it had authority figures that needed to be respected. As we transitioned into the world of sports entertainment, those lines, they become blurred, Tommy. The rules, uh, they kind of go out the window. And so then what's the role of the referee? Now, behind the scenes, the referee is responsible for a lot of things. He's there to help the wrestlers. He's there to further storylines. He's there to distribute information and time management inside the ring. But from a fan's perspective, an official is there to enforce the rule. And I think one of the things that contributes to the change in the role or the view of the referee is how fans view them and wrestlers view them is some of the rules have become blurred. Would you agree with that, Tommy? Oh, a hundred percent, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think you hit the nail right on the, right on the head, man. I, I think I, I couldn't say it any better myself. So let's talk about, referees as we remember them from the golden era of professional sports. Now, I'm guessing you could rattle off a few names of referees that you remember. You could rattle off a few key moments or storylines that involved the referees. And so we can kind of pick and choose where we want to start. But let's go back to an 80s wrestling storyline that propelled referees into the limelight. I'm talking about the Hebner twins and the good twin versus the evil twin and how the role as a referee played a very important part in that iconic storyline. We've addressed it here on the show before. Tommy, I know this is one of your favorite moments from the golden era of wrestling. 
Yeah, man. Everyone remembers that moment. And at that time, when that happened, like you, you really, you had to take off your glasses if you were wearing them and clean them off with with a with a paper towel or something because you couldn't believe what you were seeing on TV. I just remember as a kid how shocking that was that there was two of them. Like we were thinking, what happened? And they did plastic surgery on the other guy. Like it was something like that was never done before. And it was in a real and they they played that angle off absolutely perfect. And and there was so much. There was so much invested in that storyline with, with with that being on national TV like that, man. Whoa, man, what a what an angle! One of the best angles ever in wrestling, ever. And that's saying a lot. But I I, I can say that ever one of the best. I have angles. two questions for you, Tommy. First question is why do you think that angle worked so well at the time? And the other question is, do you think a similar angle would be as effective in today's world of wrestling? I don't think so. The reason being is because I think that, like I said, there was more, much, 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 much more respect for an authority figure back then that, you know, fans today in the year 2021 have seen so much over the last 20 years. I mean, everything has happened to a referee from getting freaking superplexed through a table that was lit on fire and thousands thumbtacks were thrown on top of them. I don't know if that really happened, but you know what I'm saying. So I think something like that wouldn't mean the same thing it meant back when we were watching this kids, because back then also, and a big part of this you have to remember is back then there was, you know, we didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen before it did like today with the, you know, the internet and the newsletters and all this other stuff. Like back then when stuff happened on TV, kid or adult you were you know you you were buying a hook line and sinker you know that you know now it's it's so hard to do a a great storyline or do a great angle and get that reaction from the crowd and what i want to say right now when i just said that is uh not to get off topic but i wanted to give props to zach Ryder. uh he did a match i don't know if you got to see the, the uh, clip of it jay he did a match last weekend for uh, GCW against Nick Gage, and they had one of those wild, bloody matches, like one of those death matches, and and Zack Ryder wound up winning the title, and that place came unglued, Jay, to the point. If you haven't seen this, you have to look it up on YouTube or or somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. Uh, the place came unglued. Everyone was throwing bottles and 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 uh, garbage and all kinds of stuff in the ring, like violently. Like, you got to see the visual of this, man. It was awesome. And it, it was really, 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 and, and, and I don't mean to, to say this, uh, to, <laughs> and, and no pun intended, but it was a game changer for uh, Matt Cordona, man. He really, 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 uh, really, really, really stepped it up. If you didn't see it, man, you got to go out of your way to watch it. But something like that, you can't get heat like that anymore. You can't get angles over like that anymore in the year 2021. But, man, if you didn't see that, you have to see it because he did. Well, I'll tell you this. I have not seen any video of the match. I saw pictures posted on social media of what uh, Matt Cardona looked like following the match. And so based on, based on the photos I saw, I can only imagine uh, what kind of match it was. And, Matt Cardona is a wrestler who, one, is very talented. Two, he's got a great social media uh, presence, YouTube, podcast. Like, the man is out there 
work it. And so he deserves more shot at a big time, more limelight than maybe he got in his tenure with the WWE. But I will definitely seek out some video footage of that because, like I said, the photos I saw, uh, if you're not, if you're squeamish, man, some of those photos are pretty intense. Yeah, man. And uh, sorry, I didn't mean to get off topic, but I was going to say is, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if an angle would get that over with the, the twin referees in this, this generation because fans have just seen so much and been programmed to see so much over the last 20 years, you know? I think you're right. I think we, we often talk about how bigger is not always better, more is not always the recipe for success. And if you top one storyline, then you're faced with the task of topping that storyline. It just keeps going and going until your high spots are so high that uh, a Randy Savage elbow drop doesn't seem as impressive as it once did. Same goes for the role of the referee. When we were growing up, the referee's job was to be the rule enforcer and to control the action in the ring And that job was presented very seriously. Like you said, if a wrestler laid hands on the ref, immediate disqualification. Whereas nowadays, you see referees, sometimes multiple referees, get laid out in a single match. And they just send another referee down or some other official steps in to to call the finish of the match. What goes through my head, Tommy, is when you get rid of the immediate disqualification for laying a hands on the ref. One of the things it does is it limits your storyline capability. That was a great finish to a match that allowed both the heel and the baby face to kind of stay hot, to not lose face because nobody really beat the other person. If you're a heel and you push a referee, it, it only makes you more heelish and then it saves the payoff for a match down the line. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, 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 and back then too, Jay, is you can use the, the role of a referee actually in a, a gimmick match and to, to make it mean something. Like you had a special guest referee. Like remember Jesse the Body Ventura? He was a special guest referee for one of the SummerSlams. Back then, you, you, you can slip a big name or a returning name or a retired name or just a, 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 a big, big name in general that the further a storyline into that position of the guest referee. And that meant something. That was an attraction. Today, uh, it's not. But uh, back then, it definitely was. I, actually, it could be today as well. I, I, I apologize. It could be done the right way and, and mean something. Definitely, 100%. But back then, it was a big attraction when you had a special guest referee. It was a big attraction, Tom. It was almost like this match has gotten to the point where a regular referee isn't going to be able to control the action in the ring. And so oftentimes it was a big name from the past, like a Jesse, the body Ventura, who was the governor of this great state of Minnesota that I'm broadcasting from, uh, or it's another wrestler that's involved in the storyline. And so it was, it was just a nice addition to a match that allowed it to mean something more and allowed that special attraction of maybe seeing somebody that you haven't seen in a while, or at least seeing somebody that you haven't seen in that role before. And I think you're right. I think if done properly, it could get over today. But I don't think, in general, special guest referees mean as much as they did uh, back in the 80s. There's no way. I, I think that it could, though. I said, if you if you tell the story, if you do, man, they can, and I, I sound like a, broken record because I say this all the time on the show 
they can recreate everything they recreate. It, it's, dude, it's like, it's like if, if you're going to sit down and you're going to make an apple pie, you're going to look up the recipe, aren't you? All they have to do is freaking look at their recipe for that time frame when people, dude, it's 2021. People are still talking about 80s wrestling. People are still talking about those characters from that time frame. Just copy the recipe. I'm going to say that every week on the show. Maybe, maybe I'll steal one of uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard's gimmicks where he makes a t-shirt of every saying he has. Maybe we'll have <laughs> a new saying. Just copy the recipe. Listen, I, you know I'm 100% in agreement with you. I think that the blueprint is there to bring interest back to the sport. Just for, just for the sake of fun, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Anytime they remake a classic movies from the 80s, people hate on it. Do you think one of the reservations wrestling bookers have is that if they take the recipe and redo what we loved in the 80s, that people would just hate all over it? Well, considering it's 40 years ago, I think it would be fresh and new again. (laughs) I mean, if they brought back if they brought back the Attitude Era, if they brought back the Attitude Era and, and got more risky and got a little bit more frisky, I'm sure that people would love that. You know, what you know, it's that was another boom period for them, the Attitude Era and then the Golden Era. So, I mean, you have two recipes now you can copy off of. Pick one. Listen, man, I think you just created a second shirt. Get more risky, <laughs> get more frisky. I think that would and sell it, like hot. And then if Tommy and then Tommy Tommy Sheik ever comes back, he can make another shirt. No more questions. Listen, man, I, I feel like the store at '80s Wrestling Con is about to get some uh, apparel added because those are all amazing shirts. Tommy. A jump a jumpin' J shirt. What do you think about that? Like jumpin' J on the on the front, and then the Minnesota the Minnesota uh, state flag on the back. You, you could not keep those in stock, man. They would fly off the shelves. My mom would be buying them up left and right. Or, or Bol- how about this? We can make up a shirt, Bolshevik's number one fan. Listen, if you can get the rights to a Bolshevik shirt, you might as well retire now because that's a license to print money. <laughs> awesome. Let's get back to talking about referees, though. I, wa- I want to bring up someone that uh, is going to be coming to New Jersey very soon to take part in the return of my – ISPW wrestling show and that is former WWF referee dangerous Danny Davis I have Danny coming out of retirement to guest referee a match at our ISPW show on Labor Day weekend on Sunday September the 5th in Butler New Jersey you can find out all about the show and get tickets on 80s WrestlingCon.com, but Danny is someone, and also you can, if you don't live in the area, you can go get an autographed picture ordered on the website as well. We're going to be adding them later today. Um, but I wanted to say is Danny was someone that was a tremendous character uh, during that time frame, and I think that he does not get the credit that he deserves for uh, how over of a character and heel he was. I remember as a kid, man, at the Meadowlands, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, I saw Danny Davis main event a show at the Meadowlands Arena uh, against George the Animal Steel in a steel cage match. 
So, I mean, Danny was over as a character in that time frame. When he was a referee, then he, you know, he turned to a wrestler and went with the, the Hart Foundation and Jimmy Hart. Listen, man, I'm glad you brought him up because he is what I would consider the original crooked referee, uh, at least in the World Wrestling Federation. As a ref, he had one of the most unique careers that you, that you could have as a referee because he was an integral part of storylines. He would blatantly favor heel wrestlers in the ring, which just is an awesome angle to have. When you have a referee as a fan that you're picking up, that he is favoring heel wrestlers and he is extra quick to disqualify uh, or to count out the babyface wrestlers, like that is just a great storyline. You're putting heat on a referee at a time when we never saw such a thing. And so I would love to know whose idea behind the scenes that was, how Danny was picked for that role. But, man, what a great angle for a referee to play. Absolutely, man. And he did a tremendous job with that as well. Uh, I, I want to tell a story, too, before I forget. The first person Jay ever met in wrestling when I was a kid uh, my mom took me to William Patterson College in Wayne, New Jersey. And after the show, we went across the street. There was a pizzeria called Brother Bruno's. Uh, so we went there and got pizza after the wrestling show. And referee Dick Worley uh, was was there. Dick was one of the most uh, famous and biggest name referees during that time frame. And I got to get an autograph with him. And and he he was the first he was the first person I've ever met in the wrestling business was 80s referee Dick Worley. So was he doing a signing there or did he just happen to be eating a slice of pizza? No, no, no. He, no, it was after it was after the WWF show. So across the street was the pizzeria. He was just, I guess he was grabbing something to eat before he, he went wherever, but he, he was in there. So I got to, to meet him and get an autograph of him. That's fantastic, man. Along, along a similar vein, I ran into the Brooklyn Brawler at an Arby's in Minneapolis after a show one time. Well, during w, when he was in WWF? Yeah, he was, a, he was an agent at this time. And uh, the, the show was, was getting out, and he must have ran. He ordered a ton of food, so he must have been bringing some back to the boys in the locker room. But, yeah, he was ahead of me uh, how, at the Arby's in Minneapolis. I was, about to say, I was about to say, how do you know he ordered a ton of food? You must have been standing behind them, right? I was standing behind him. Did you, yeah. say, did you say, Steve, can you hurry up? I'm hungry. Listen, here's... Honestly, here's what it went down. In my mind, I looked at him and I said, you know what? That guy looks an awful lot like the Brooklyn Brawler. Never once did I really think it was him. He orders a bunch of food. As he's walking out, all these fans approach him. They're getting photos. They're getting autographs. And now I'm faced with, do I order my uh, roast beef and cheddar or do I leave my spot in line and go bother the Brooklyn Brawler? So wait, let me cut you off right now. Yeah. So now I want to know the answer. I know the listeners at home want to hear the answer. What did you do, Jay? Did you stay online for the sandwich, or did you get offline for that opportunity of a lifetime to meet the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi? What is your answer? <laughs> Man, you put a lot of hype on it. Honestly, here's what I did. Uh, do I regret it? Maybe a little. I stayed in line only because, only because the man had like six bags of Arby's sandwiches 
And he was trying his best to get out the door. And so I didn't want to hold him up uh, any longer. And so I can't say I met him at Arby's. I stood behind him at Arby's and watched him walk out as I ordered my roast beef and cheddar. So, so now as – is this – Jay, is this our 30th episode today? I think it's 29. I think, 29, it okay. I think it's 29. Okay, so we're almost at the 30 episode mark. Yes. Let's recap what we know about Jumping Jay from Let's Minnesota over these past 30 episodes. One, we know he's a very, 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 very wealthy man. We, we all know that. He has a private yacht. We, I, I'm sorry I'm letting the fans know he's a very wealthy man. So that, that's for starters. We do know that he saw the Bolsheviks main event a show in Minnesota for WWF. That's, That's number two. We, we know that Jumping Jay has never, ever, 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 ever heard of the Wrestling Eye magazine until Mr. TF over here shipped them on the Minnesota on the house, by the way. On the house. On the house. So we know that about Jumping Jay. But now, this is, this is, usually it's three strikes you're out, but we let you slide the last time. But now, as a fan, a big fan from Minnesota, standing online waiting for his roast beef sandwich, he cannot. Oh, I'm sorry, with cheddar. We, we almost forgot the cheddar part. That we, makes it sound better. Yeah, we, now, we're, not, we now, we're now at a cross. We're, we're now at a crossword, brother. We know about the cheddar. Let, 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 let the listeners decide. I know you keep trying to get that cheddar word in there. The man was online. He's a huge fan in Minnesota. They, they, they barely get wrestling. The Brooklyn Brawler's there in front of him. What's he do? He stays in line for the freaking roast beef sandwich. If that's not enough, on top of the Wrestling Guy magazine, about – I'm sorry. I, I can't even say anything. We'll let, the, we'll let the listeners decide what they want to do with you. Listen, Tommy. Most of those are accurate, but let me ask you this. Haven't you ever seen somebody who has a level of celebrity status and just thought to yourself, that person looks an awful lot such a celebrity? I thought he looked like the Brooklyn Brawler. Did I think the Brooklyn Brawler was going to be standing at an Arby's? No. And so I guess I could have rolled the dice. I could have tapped him on the shoulder. I should have, could have said, excuse me, sir. I like your New York shirt, by the way. Do you happen to be the Brooklyn Brawler from the World Wrestling Federation? I guess I could have done that and probably should have done that. Yeah. Did I mention that, I mention that they also have amazing curly fries at Arby's? Like, <laughs> they're very, if you haven't had them. They, they are tasty. good, and their stra- stra- strawberry shake is pretty good too, right? Yeah, listen, I think we can agree that Arby's has a fine menu when it comes yeah, to fast food. I, I'm There's an a Arby's lot of items too. worth standing in line for, and so I yeah, you know what? On the you know what? Screw the Brooklyn, screw the Brooklyn Brawler. Although you you could get an autographed photo of them at our virtual signing with him on uh, Monday, September 13th. So keep that in the back of your head, Jay, when you need to get an autograph picture. Just when I think my once-in-a-lifetime opportunity has passed, Tommy, 
is there throwing me a lifeline, I still have the chance to get an autographed photo of the brawler. Yes, sir. You know what? Back on, back on track with these. Your Arby's threw me off. I'm sorry, guys. I may send in an Arby's wrapper to have signed live at that virtual signing. If you do that, I will, I will overnight it back to you on, on, on us. Two Jumping J, thanks for not bothering me while I was trying to get my lunch. Do you have an Arby's the down there? Do you still have an Arby's okay. down there? Do you have an we Arby's, have Arby's down by you? We got, we got, yes, there's one in town. Brother, you need, to, you need to send me one up to get signed for September 13th. You got it, man. I'm making a note right now. I'm heading to Arby's today. We're going we're gonna to change the name of this episode from referees to, to off-topic conversations. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure some of our listeners are too because we've given you so many chances, man. It's time to put our foot down with you, Jumpin' Jay. <laughs> as as okay, that's fair. Let's jump back into the wacky world of refereeing. Now you brought up one of the iconic refs of the '80s, Danny Davis. We talked about the Hebner twins in their evil twin storyline, but there were other classic. Uh, wrestling referees from our time frame. One of them is Joey Morella, who is the adopted son of the legendary Gorilla Monsoon. What do you remember about Joey? Just that he was one of the top referees. I mean, at, at that time, we we're just kids, you know, so you don't look at, like, as an adult now, you look at, you know, the the referees that are there now and, you know, who has seniority and who's been there a long time and who's he does the little things in the ring that make the match look better. Like it, it's different now than when we were kids. But when you know when you're a kid, you see the same face on TV all the time. And, and obviously Joey was always on TV. Uh, he was uh, he was one of the top uh, you know referees in the in the business at that time. And yeah, man, I mean it, it's a shame uh, that he how he passed away at such a, a young age. Uh, I believe it was on the Jersey Turnpike. Um, yeah, man, he, he was, he was, how old, do you know how old he was when he, when he passed away? I, I don't, don't know to... his age. I do know that that, that uh, tragic car accident happened in 1994. Yeah, um, he was young too. He was young. He joined the World Wrestling Federation in, in 83. So he had about a 10 year run with them. His highest profile match was the WrestleMania three main event between Hogan and Andre. So he played a very key part don't get much bigger than that. matches of all time. Don't get much bigger than that. It doesn't get much bigger than that. Now, Tommy, here's just it's, – it's on the same topic of refereeing, but I know you've done a lot of different jobs in the world of wrestling, especially when you run your own independent uh, program there. Did you ever step into the ring as a referee? I, I, I believe I probably – like I said, back in the day, we – in the early 2000s, we did a little rivalry between my promotion and uh, Optimal Wild Samoans WXW Wrestling Promotion in Pennsylvania. I'm sure, uh, I, I can't remember, we, they used to run shows like almost weekly there. Um, I'm pretty sure that I was a referee for something. I, I don't remember what it was, uh, but I, I do remember it. So, yeah, I, I did, but I don't, I don't remember what the match was or the angle behind it. Uh, but yeah, speaking of being a special guest referee, we're actually having 
uh, and talking about how you do the special guest referee in a, in a, in a way that it means something it could, we're going to do that at our ISPW show coming up on Labor Day weekend on Sunday, September 5th in Butler, New Jersey. Uh, we're going to have a match between Vicious Vicky, who is the uh, host of the pre-show for all our, our uh, 80s virtual signings that we do against Gabby Ortiz. The winner of that match is going to be crowned the first ever ISPW women's champion. So we're having... 80s uh, women, 80s and 90s woman legend Heidi Lee Morgan. Uh, you might remember her. She did some work with WWF back in 93, 94 when Alundra Blaze was the champion. We're going to have her as the special guest referee uh, between uh, the girls match. So I think that gives her being the special guest referee for that match it elevates the match one because you know she she's involved in it two you know people remember her know who she is so she gives that match a little bit more credibility uh and then you know whoever wins that i believe will get a little bit more credibility with Heidi Lee Morgan raising the the woman's hand and giving her the title so i think that if you you could make a match mean something with a special guest referee and that right there jay even though it's on an independent level that might be the perfect example of it listen with you running the booking it doesn't surprise me that you are following the recipe and you have a high profile guest referee for an already high profile match on the card when ispw was around in its initial run in the 90s did you have a women's title or will this be the first ISPW women's champion in history. First ISPW champion in women's history, yeah. Look at that, buddy. That is look at you're you're making history and you're doing it with a special guest referee inside the squared circle. That's a big time matchup. Yeah, man, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that, man. And then on the same show, I said Danny Davis is gonna referee a match too. So uh this is the perfect this is the perfect episode, I guess, to promote my Upcoming ISPW show, we're having Dangerous Danny Davis returning the referee a match, and then Heidi Lee Morgan is going to be the special guest referee for the for the women's match. So, I guess it's a perfect episode to uh, make mention of that. Two guest referees on a single show, and both of them big names from the past. Well done, Tommy. Let's continue down the road as we talk about some of the uh, the best reps that we remember, some of the angles they were involved in, or even just the significance of their role at that time. Everybody knows the twin angle between uh, Dave and Earl Hebner. Did you have a preference between the two? Both of them are amazing referees. Both of them played a part in some iconic matches throughout their whole career. Um, Dave or Earl, I guess, which team are you on, Tommy? Uh, Your team Earl? I tried, I tried to answer that when, uh, remember when they, uh, kept trying to ask Hogan to be accepted the challenge against Andre and he said, yes, that was spot on. Again, <laughs> listen, we could we could have a top 10 of Tommy's uh, voices here uh, on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. But out of Dave and Earl, you're going with Earl. 
Yeah, I think Earl, I think Earl, obviously in later years as well, became the bigger of the two named brothers. Um, obviously, with him with Brett and Sean, he was a huge name and factor in that. But yeah, I, I, I think back then, I, I guess, I don't know, I was a kid, man. I guess, who, who the hell knew the difference between Dave and Earl in uh, 1989, which made that angle, like I said, so much more uh, believable and, and crazy. Like the million dollar man, did he, did he make this, did he buy plastic surgery for this person? Like it was, in, at that point, no one ever saw anything like that in the wrestling business as far as a, a angle goes. So it was, it was definitely, definitely, definitely very, very, very memorable. Like I said, it's one of my favorite angles of all time. But yeah, I, I, I guess Earl, I had Earl on one of my conventions years ago back in, I believe, 2007 or 2008 and he was a really nice guy so yeah i pick earl this is kind of a a glimpse into into the the thought process of tommy because correct me if i'm wrong but earl was the evil twin (laughs) was he I, i i believe earl was the evil twin i believe dave was the good twin and then Earl, the, the in quotation marks, evil twin, he, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Storyline-wise, evil Hebner goes on to be part of one of the most controversial storylines uh, with, with Brett and Sean. Wasn't he also involved in the Montreal screw job? Yes, he was. Man, so Earl had quite the heel run if you, if you go back to his introduction as the evil twin. Kind of like you're having a hill run right now, too, when uh, you passed up an opportunity to uh, meet the Brooklyn Brawler for your roast beef sandwich. Listen, I just can't wait to see the look on Ryan Mars' face when it comes to to the merchandise signing portion of that and someone (laughs) slides them an Arby's roast beef and cheddar wrapper. You got to do it. You got to do it, man. Please. I will do it. I will. I will pick one up and I will mail it to you, and then uh, we will all watch as uh, Brooklyn Brawler gives a WTF face as Ryan slides him. Dude, we're gonna do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna build it up between now and September 13th. And I tune in live to watch the Brooklyn Brawler sign Jumpin' Jay's RB rap. And I think if you explain the story. To the Brooklyn Brawler, he will be appreciative that I did not bother him when he had sacks of hot sandwiches to deliver. He I'll will, he will appreciate what I did for him. We'll, we'll find out on Monday, September the 13th. Looking forward to it, man. Me too. All right. Very good. Hey, this topic, this, this show has been kind of all over the road, but it's been a very enjoyable conversation. Is there anything else you want to add about uh, referees, their roles, or, or things you remember before we start talking about a big announcement that you've been sitting on this whole time? Uh, yeah, man, just, you know, just, you know they, they played such a major uh, role back then. And you got to look at also, because we, we, we never do this, we just always talk about WWF, you know, WCW slash NWA, they had a lot of you know, you know, big name referees as well. Uh, and, and, and I think that Tommy Young, probably one of the greatest referees of all time. He was mm-hmm. down there. I, th- I agree hundred percent. 
Yeah, and so I mean, and who else, who anyone off the top of your head that you want to make mention of that was was non WWF referees from the eighties, whether it be AWA or World Class or, or NWA, because obviously there I mean there was great referees everywhere, you know. There was, and I'm not sure when these guys actually got their start, but I remember during the Monday Night Wars, Nick Patrick was a highly um, visible referee in WCW, and I think uh, Charles Robinson, Little Nate is one of the most well-known pro wrestling uh, referees in in the business today. And both of those guys had huge runs outside of the WWF umbrella. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm sorry. I might have heard you wrong. Did you ask me a question? No, I didn't ask you a question. I named two referees outside the WWF umbrella. And then I'm just on pins and needles here because you, you told me heading into today's episode that you got an announcement. And so I'm just kind of excited to see what's coming down next for 80s wrestling. I'm sorry, Jed. I, when, when, I, when I said it, when I made you repeat that, I was actually trying to Google uh, some fu- a funny Arby's uh, meme I was going to text it to you. So I apologize <laughs> for skipping, uh, skipping the last 30 seconds there. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we could talk a lot about 80s wrestling uh, referees and the importance that they played, but this episode uh, was all over the place today, and I, I think that the fans and the listeners out there will enjoy it. I, I think that uh, it was an entertaining episode, even though we didn't stay on topic the entire time, uh, but an interesting and entertaining topic nonetheless. But the big announcement I want to make is that, as you know, over the past year, I've been doing virtual signings pretty much on a, a regular basis uh, with with COVID happening and the pandemic. You know, there was no live events or, or anything like that. It was next to impossible to do a, uh, a 80s Wrestling Con live. Well, we are going to be doing an 80s Wrestling Con live. It is going to return, Jay. Uh, it's going to return in 2022. The date is going to be May the 7th. 2022 it's going to be at the menin arena the menin arena in morristown new jersey and jay i saw wwf there as a kid Uh, i saw wwf there they were there in the 80s and the the early 90s and uh, this will be the second time jay that i've ran an event at the same building i've saw wwf in as a kid first being the Wildwood Convention Center in Wildwood, New Jersey, now the Men in Arena in Morristown. So I'm beyond excited to uh, do another event at a place I saw WWF at as a, as a kid. So uh, the, the cool thing, Jay, is it's going to be 80s Wrestling Con in the daytime. And then I want everyone to stick around because at nighttime, after the convention, we're going to be doing ISPW Wrestling Live at the Men in Arena after the 80s Wrestling Con show on May 7th. Oh, my goodness, Tommy. That is a huge announcement here at the end of today's show. Not only you're, you're continuing the virtual sightings, which we're loving, you're bringing back the in-person 80s Wrestling Con. You're back live and in person. And there's also going to be a live independent wrestling show, same day, same venue. It's an all-day wrestling event, Tommy. 
Yes, sir, man. So uh, I will have more information in the upcoming weeks and months. But for now, I want everyone to please circle your calendar near or far because uh, you can make a weekend of it. Uh, it's going to be, again, Saturday, May 7th. Jay, I want you to circle that on your calendar. Tell the wife in advance, brother. 80s Wrestling Con is returning live. May 7th. 2022. Now, just to catch up, the, the you had a very successful 80s Con 1, a highly successful 80 con, 80s Wrestling Con 2, but then if memory serves me, the pandemic, you didn't get to do the third one, right? You were planning it, you had people booked, but then the, the pandemic shut that one down, correct? Correct, but I'm not going to call this 80s Wrestling Con 3 because it's just 80s Wrestling Con Live. I think that's perfect. I think that's a great way to do it, but I know there are a lot of people looking forward to that third one because your first two were were amazing, and so there's going to be a lot of excitement about 80s Con Live returning in person and not too far away. Mark your calendars, like you said. Yes, sir. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's gonna be a lot, a lot, a lot of updates coming on it in the next upcoming weeks and months here on the the podcast and also on uh, our social media platforms. But Jay, you mark that date down because I need you there, brother. I need you there on Saturday, May the seventh. Well, we haven't even talked about it yet, but I'll let you know. I'll be there. We're we're going. I'll have, I'll bring the whole family. Nice. There you go, guys. That's awesome. You're just going to... 2022, Jumpin' Jay and the family, we're coming from Minnesota. Awesome. I love it, brother. I'll I'll do something with you that weekend uh, at the the con. You'll definitely be doing something. You'll be hosting something or doing something, 100%. There there better be hot and fresh RB sandwiches when I arrive. Now, is is, uh, Red Skittles okay for you, or do you like a mixture? I just have them put one red Skittle in the bowl. That way I know they read my agreement. Okay, great. All right, there you have it. Jumpin' Jay is the first confirmed for uh, 80s Wrestling Con Live May 7th next year. So mark it down on your calendar. Jay, I, I, I want you, I'm putting you on the spot, brother. You're going to have no time to prepare. So the first okay. answer that you give me is the answer that we're going to go with. And here's the question. Next week, right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast, you pick the topic. Jay, next Thursday, what are we talking about here on the show? Next Thursday, live on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Well, it's live to us. They, they can listen to it whenever they want. But I think you're going to have to tell me if we've done this one before. We're getting to episode 30, and so my brain, it's a little foggy. I would love to pick your brain, talk to you, Share ideas, share thoughts on some of the greatest finishing moves of the golden era of wrestling. Have we done that yet, Tommy? No, but I love it. Let's do it. Let's do finishing moves from the golden era of wrestling because there was some good ones. And I don't know if you're a power guy or a submission guy, but we're going to find out next week on our, our talk on finishing moves from the golden era of wrestling. I love that, man. That's going to be a fun one. There you go, man. That was the first thing that popped in my brain. You put me on the spot. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Next week, 80s wrestling finishing holds. 
Uh, until then, Jay, I want you and your family to have a great weekend in Minnesota. Again, uh, this Sunday, if you live in the New Jersey area, come on out to the Wrestling Collector in Stockholm, New Jersey. The Godfather in the house from 1 to 4 p.m. And then this Monday, virtually, Monday Night Virtual presents The Godfather slash Papa Shango. Anyone around the world can take part of it. Go to our website, 80swrestlingcon.com. You select the photo, watch them sign it, give you a shout-out, and we'll ship it out to you afterwards. But until then, we will see you here next Thursday on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.